Tanda, thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. How awesome we get to be in here. It's, uh, it's been a while since uh, I've preached in here. Um, yeah. Jordan, what time does South Campus start next week? 10 o'clock. We didn't mention that, so needless to say, we won't be asked again to do... Heartbeat, but uh, South Campus begins at 10 o'clock. In fact, we've got quite a few South Campus people here. Give us a wave if you're usually South Campus. Absolutely awesome to have you here with us today. And uh, yeah, awesome. So, listen, my title was a shameless ploy (laughs) to fill this room. I am that shallow. And they said, what title have you got? Because I'd already decided I was going to be here. And I thought, right, like it's New Year, you know, like let's just, let's everything you ever needed to know about your life for 2017. (laughs) I thought thought that we were going to be on for a winner. So it's worked anyway. It's great to see you. I don't know whether the, the message will actually live up to the title. But anyway, we'll give it a bit of a go. Um, Awesome. So again, you know, New Year's Day, um, I like to think to myself, I mean, you know, I'm obviously talking to the Lord about what to say, but I'm also thinking, what would I like to hear? You know what I mean? Here I am, first day of a new year. What do I want to hear? What would I want to, what would I want to turn up to church and listen to on a day like today? Um, I was... Put in mind of uh, my, my grandfather, who was long gone to be with the Lord, um, used to always say a poem uh, on New Year's Day. I remember it very clearly. Um, and it was a poem that was made famous by George VI in his Christmas address in 1939. And the country was on the verge of another world war. And uh, some of you might even recognize it. This, he, he quoted these lines. He didn't quote the whole poem, but he said, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God that shall be to you better than light and safer than any known way. And uh, those words, as I sat down to think about what I wanted to come and share with you today, those words came to mind because the truth is putting your hand in the hand of God is better than any light and safer than any known way. Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For the Lord your God holds your right hand. It is, let me read that again. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful scripture that, that God speaks into our lives for I the Lord your God hold your right hand it is I who say to you fear not 
I am the one who helps you. And as we, we come to the beginning of this year, we, we step into it knowing that we've got the help of God. Is anyone glad about that? I want you to just think about that for a second. See, the part of our problem can be in church is that we hear something so often. Our ear gets so tuned to hearing things that we don't actually think about what we're hearing. But the truth is, if you actually think about that for a moment, God's got hold of your right hand and he's saying to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. You've got some stuff that you know you need to face this week, this year. We've all got stuff we don't know that we're going to face. And, and even in what we know and in what we don't know, God is going to be our help. You know, it's interesting um, how people approach a new year and in this room there'll be a whole mixed bag because some of you by just by your personality you're excited about a clean slate a fresh start and you're just looking at the year this is great great opportunity and then there are others of us who are a bit intimidated by the unknown a bit fearful of the unknown and this scripture helps us to understand that we don't have to be afraid as we entrust our future to God. In fact, Psalm 31 verse 15 says, my future is in your hands. Why not just say that quietly to yourself, to the, to the Lord, my future is in your hands. I've got nothing to fear. If I, if, if I know the one who holds the future and I, I make a decision not to be afraid based on the fact that God holds the future and as the poem says I base my confidence on who is looking after me not on my circumstances or feelings I base my confidence based on who's looking after me not on my circumstances or my feelings see Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. See, God, God knows the plan. My first point there is that there is a plan. Firstly, there is a plan. Is anyone glad there's a plan? You know, there's a plan because God says there's a plan, I've lived through seasons of my life where it didn't feel like there was a plan. It all felt very random and it felt all over the place and like what on earth is going on. But God says there's a plan. And so there's a plan. So God knows. He says, I know, I know the plan I have for you. God knows the plan. It's not random or by chance. Secondly, it's God's plan, and it's a plan to prosper. I was thinking about if um, by some chance, you know, um, we had Richard Branson here today, 
And he stood up at this point and he came and pointed one of you out and said to you, I just want you to know that I've got you and you don't need to worry about this next year. I am covering you. I've got you. I'm telling you now, some of you would be absolutely buzzing. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. But we've got someone better than Richard. Branson, who is, who is standing up and saying, I've got plans to prosper you. I've got plans to look after you. And God's prosperity isn't just to do with wealth or stuff. God's prosperity is to do with peace and health. And sure, he, he adds those other things to us, but it is to do with, with godly prosperity. And thirdly, God's plan is filled with hope, not harm. He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I think that, that that's something that we need to keep in mind because sometimes we, we go through circumstances where it just, it, because we don't understand them fully, it can, it can feel like, how can this be doing me good? How, how can this be serving me? How can this be making me a better person? That's why God sometimes has to remind us that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Because sometimes it feels like the opposite. Sometimes it feels like I'm facing stuff that actually is doing damage. But that is never the, never the case with God. So God has a plan for us and it is a great plan. I just, I feel, I want to say prophetically um, to us, um, as I was sat during the worship, I just sensed this is going to be a year, for for some of us, this is going to be a year where things fall into place. There is going to be some things falling into place. They've There have just been some things that have been out of sync and out of kilter and they've been hovering around in the background and hovering around in the wings and there's been a lack of clarity. But I just believe that some God wants some people here to know that this year that those things are going to fall into place. You're going to get clarity like you've never had it before. You're going to see some things fall into place and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. There's almost going to be a sigh of relief that you've waited for such a long time and this has now fallen into place and your heart will swell with joy and you will say God is good because he has brought this about in my life. So, as I come and talk to you today, I kind of want us to understand, and it's a really difficult balance to get, because on the one hand, of course, God has got the plan. God is, um, God is, God is covered. He's got our back. He's, he's going to prosper us. He's going to look after us and all that sort of thing. And that's great. And that, that's God. God, God's got us. And yet, at the same time, there's stuff we need to do. It's not like we just sit back, we sit there, and God does it all. And just drops our destiny down the chimney. God's not Santa Claus. You know, there's, there's stuff that we need to do as we walk with God. Because he has a plan, 
But that plan is only outworked as we cooperate with that plan. So what can I do? What can we do to contribute to us having a great year? Because it's not the... Otherwise, we become like a little bit fatal, fatalistic in that we are sat back saying, well, oh God, you know, we don't know what this year holds for us, but we're just going to trust you through it all. And we just sit back waiting for the wave to hit. And yet, I believe the Lord has empowered us to actually positively influence our years. And we can, we can do that by our behavior and our actions. So I want to also look at some of those things as well. The first thing I want to say to us is we need to stay spiritually aligned. Now, I, the reason I pause is because I like, I know that sometimes people get upset me when I say things like this, but you know, like for me, sometimes we've reduced being spiritually aligned to whether we've had a quiet time or not. Now, I believe in having a quiet time. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely 100% do. But, um, you know, I think some of us live our life in a way that if we didn't get a chance to get a quiet time, it's like we, we kind of imagine that God's a bit like, <laughs> oh, you think I'm going to talk to you now? Well... You know, God, God's not like that. He doesn't get, he, he's not like, well, you're on your own, mate. You didn't, if you, if you can't be bothered to talk to me, don't expect me to be with you today. It's, God's not like that. That is not who he is. The, you know, the, 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 the quiet time is, is beneficial for us. But we do need to ensure that we stay spiritually aligned. The first thing I want to say is Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, that is so often associated with prayer, and, and I'm saying that. We need to pray. We need to keep talking to God. Um, and, and I believe that it's important to keep talking to God through the day. Um, and this is what my point that I, would, I personally would rather you be engaged in conversation with God throughout the day than spend 15 minutes in the morning and then never think about him for the rest of the day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, it's not an either-or situation. You know, it's great to spend some time with God in the morning and get your heart and head in the right place or in the evening whenever you do it. But then to continue to engage with God to, because we're meant to live our lives moment by moment, day by day. And I think, so honestly, if we just chilled and keep talking to God, I think some of us do it anyway. But some of us think it doesn't count. You know, the, the, only, the, the only prayer that God takes notice of is the one where I'm on my knees and I'm sweating, t you know, like blood. You know, that's the only prayer that God takes notice of. No, God, God's listening to our prayers all the time. So seek first the kingdom. Yes, to do with prayer. But also, it's, it's a saying, I'm going to put God's desires, ways, and standards before my desires, ways, and standards. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying that God, your 
I'm, when I'm seeking his kingdom first, I'm saying the way you do things is the way I choose to do things. I might want to do it another way. I might feel like doing it another way. But I'm saying you and your standard is what I'm putting first. Seek first the kingdom. And then all the other stuff that I want, God says will be added to me. But it will come in the right way. And I'll be able to receive it in the right way as I firstly align myself with him. Secondly, Psalm 119 Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's his promise to me that as I read his word, he will give me guidance. It's, my, it's, it's, it's a road map. Now, that again goes beyond specific words. Thank God for specific words. But it's not just about reading my Bible and getting my highlighter pen out and that verse being a verse for my life for the year. Great. But this, I believe as we read his word, direction will come to our life because we're positioning ourselves to be directed. I don't necessarily understand how all that works. I just know that it does. That as I talk to God, and stay in communication with him. Allow him to speak to me through his word. Then direction will come to my life. And that's how I can stay spiritually aligned. It will go better for me. My days will go better. My good times will go better. My tough times will go better. If I stay aligned with God and his word. And yeah, I mean, that of course, involves gathering as community and worship and all that sort of thing. I, I'm not leaving those things out. But I'm saying that we've got, if, if we want our year to go well, I've got a responsibility. You've got a responsibility to take charge of you and find a way of making it work for you. And understand that every time you do it, heaven isn't going to turn up. You're not going to have an angelic visitation every time. It won't feel like that every time. Sometimes it will be awesome. Sometimes it will be ordinary. And that's great. But you still do it. Because that helps you in your life. So that's one of the ways I can contribute to having a great year. Secondly, I want to say, submit to God. See, it's one thing knowing he has a plan. But it's submitting to him and his plan. Proverbs 16 verse 9, I love it. It says this in the message version. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Shall I say that again? We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. You see, knowing is not enough. Knowing God's plan. If you went to the doctor's, because you weren't well, and the doctor gave you some antibiotics, knowing that you should take the antibiotics is not enough. The only way they're going to impact your body is if you take them. Are you with me? So having them in the cupboard doesn't make you better. You've got to do something with it. Knowing what you should do is not the same as doing it. So you've got to do some things. It's, it, you know, it's a very 
paralyzing thing, I think, to, to know what to do, not do it, and then get frustrated that you're not seeing the things in your life that you believe in to see. Is this all right? Is it helping you? So we live, when, when, I, when I'm talking about submitting to God, I'm believing that God is the overseer of my life. I'm believing there's a plan. I believe that as I, you know, part of me aligning myself spiritually with God is putting my hand in his. I'm taking hold of his right hand. Knowing that, that God makes us able to live the plan, I've I, I said this before, I make a decision based on that information that the lights are on green. The lights are on green. And I, I live like the lights are on green until I get a red light. When I get a red light, I stop. And I reassess and I do something about that. Now that's maybe not great revelation to some, but so many people live like their life, like the lights are on red. And they have to pray for a green light. Well, I don't know that that's true. I trust that God is with me. I trust that God makes a way. And I'm going to assume that I've got a green light until it turns red or amber. And at least I have to stop and, and reassess and, and think. But it, it's living life in a different way. And it, submitting to God means that when the road takes some unexpected turns, keep trusting, keep going. You know, I've got a car with a sat-nav on it, and sometimes I put the destination in there, and, and it, it tells me how long it's going to take to get there, and, and it's good to go. And then often it will say, due to current traffic conditions, your route has been changed. Due to current traffic conditions, your route has been changed. Now, sometimes that will add time to your journey you know you can see the time you're going to arrive there it will add time to the journey but you know that that is still going to get you there quicker than you would have got on your previous route um I want to say that sometimes God when he's when we we start out on a journey we think that we're going to go that way and then sometimes due to conditions that we know nothing about God changes the route just because God changes the route, it doesn't mean he's changed the destination. I'm still going to the same place. I'm just taking a different route to get there. I, I don't need to panic. You know, sometimes, I, I, you know, the, the, the sat-nav can point out a way I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I, would, I, would, have picked, I would have picked that route anyway. But then... Mid-journey, it will choose another route because of the traffic conditions. Now I'm going away, I don't know. And now I'm thinking, is this sat-nav working? Does it? Have I, you know, I start to wonder whether I put the right information in because it's taking me some weird route. But it takes you to the destination. You've just got to keep trusting the guidance. I want to say that to you. The route may change, but the destination doesn't. God has got you. 
1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, But as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. What would, it, what would this year look like if you went into it expecting something good? What would this year look like if you went in just expecting, I'm expecting to be blessed? God himself is saying to us, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He's got amazing stuff waiting for us. What if I approach this year thinking, well, you know what? No matter what challenges come my way, God's going to see me through. I, I, whatever I face... He's going to give me the ability to face it. He's going to give me the strength to get through. He's going to give me the strategy. I, what, what would it look like if you had a more positive outlook? Because God is good. Expect good. Because all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and accord according to his purpose. I'm going to say that again. Because God is good, expect good. Because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world that can knock us. There's a lot to make us fearful. There's a lot to, to, to cause us to live in a very small place. But the God we serve, who knows all about those things, and I believe it's one of the ways that he wants us to um, stand out from the crowd, that we have a deep assurance that is not rooted in what we see going on around us. You know, I, I almost sense that the, the Lord wants people to come and say to us, but what is the reason for this confidence that you have? You know, everyone else is panicking, everyone else is fearful, everyone else is worrying, but you're not. Why? Because you have a confidence in a God who is working out his plan for your life. Is that good? So, finally, something very, very practical. But I think this only works if you understand where we've, where we've just been. To understand that, that, that we've got a good God who's working out a good plan. I tell you, I think that it, it helps me immensely when I face things that frustrate me and I don't understand and I don't get. You know, I'm talking about stuff when you've prayed your prayers. I'm, I'm not talking about the stuff when I've not done what I should. I'm talking about the stuff when I have done what I should. I did everything I should do. I've had the right confession. I've prayed the right prayers. I've believed. I've stood my ground. I've confessed. I've prophesied to my mountains. I've commanded my ways to open up. I've, you know, I've raised my hands to heaven. I've laid on my face. I've done a dance in the spirit. I've done everything. And it still doesn't work out. You've got to know deep down in your heart that God is good. And that he's got you. Because otherwise, you're going to start getting angry and resistant and hard-hearted because you are judging God based on the experiences 
But just as with that sat-nav, there are some issues on roads that you are yet to enter going on that you don't know anything about. And if you trust him, and if you trust his reroute, then you will know that he's going to get you to the place he promised to get you to. So there we go. I've talked about, I've talked about um, staying spiritually aligned. That's something you can do. I've talked about submitting to God, acknowledging his lordship. That is something you can do. And the third thing that you can do based on what God has already done is make a plan. Because isn't that amazing? God's got the plan, but we still need to make a plan. Failing to plan is planning to fail. You see, do I believe in prayer? Do I believe in a God who can supernaturally intervene 100%? I could keep you here all day talking to you about times where God has done that in my life. There are many times when I've had to look to God and God has come through. But there are also things where God is looking to us. If you want your life to look different, let's, if we could fast forward. Have you seen that TV program? Uh, where, uh, what's it called? I can't remember. Where, where about one year, they interview somebody um, and then instantly they interview them a, a, a year later. They, they've obviously filmed it a year before and then you revisit them to see, you know what I'm talking about? What, a couple of you are nodding, thank you. A couple of you are like... It's, it's very interesting. So they interview someone um, and, and, and they say, well, this is what I'm believing for. Oh, this time next year. It's called this time next year. Uh, this is what I'm believing for. And then she walks across the stage and it is a year later and they filmed it again and we see whether they've accomplished it or not. I want to say, what would that happen if that happened to us? If somehow, one year today, we all gathered in this place, what would your life look like? What would you be looking back on? Statistically speaking, those of us who make New Year's resolutions, over 90% of us will fail at those. That's statistically speaking. But I want to give you seven keys to help you succeed in bringing a positive change in your life. Because... I believe that, that if, if we progress this year, it's not by chance or by accident. We trust God. We put our hand in his. But then we, put, we, are, we align some stuff with him. The first thing is to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. Think of something that you want to do or work towards. If you want... Something to change in your life. There's got to come a point where you stop wishing it would change. You know, so maybe you've been praying for change and nothing much changed since last year. Maybe that's because God's waiting for you to do something. Make a decision. Think of something. Pray your prayers. But know that your future is based in your decisions. I believe that my prayers will help me make the right decisions. A dream will remain a dream 
unless you make quality decisions along the way. I mean, just to take it right out of the park, if I want to be an Olympic sprinter, I can't expect to get up and next week be standing on the podium because it doesn't work like that. If I've got a dream to do that, there are some things that need to happen along the way that would enable me to get there. So you've got to make a decision. Second, write it down. Habakkuk came up with this idea in Habakkuk 2. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So don't just make a decision. Actually write something down. And write it down carefully and simply. That's what Habakkuk said. He said, write it in such a way that he who runs with it may read it. He, the one who's running with it. So you need to write down your vision for this coming year in such a way that if you handed it to somebody else, they'd get it. They'd understand it. It's got to be that simple. Thirdly, oh, just before I get that, not only write it down, but you've got to engage with it and read it regularly. It's no good just writing it down. You've got you've to make this a point of focus and a point of prayer. So you write it down and you read it regularly. Thirdly, tell someone. Tell someone that you love and trust about your goals. Don't tell someone who when you tell them what you want to do, they're going to go, <laughs> what you? Don't tell those kind of people about your dream, tell someone who's going to encourage you and say, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to believe with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray with you. Because you increase the likelihood of succeeding if you make yourself accountable to somebody and don't just keep it to yourself. Fourthly, break down your goal into smaller goals. Again, simply because I'm running out of time. In fact, I've run out of time. If I want to lose 10 pounds then I don't just think about losing 10 pounds. I break it down into a smaller goal. So I say, okay, I'm going to lose a pound a week. And then I'm going to repeat it for 10 weeks. So I break it down into manageable goals. This is how I increase. Or if I want to read more. Just say, no, I just want to read more. Well, that's not good enough just to say I want to read more. You've got to do something about it. What does that look like? Well, okay. I want to read. If I read a book a month, then that means by this time next year, I'll have read 12 books. Okay, if I read a book a month, that means I might have to read a chapter a day. Do you understand? You've got to break it down into manageable chunks so that you can do it. Fifthly, plan your first step. Most people never do anything because they never make a start. Put a date in your diary. If you if you wanting to get fit, Put a date in your diary and tell someone, I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to go for a walk on that day or I'm going to do something that shows some exercise. Sixthly, keep going. Even when you miss a day, even when you mess up, 
pick yourself up, dust yourself down, and carry on. If you're going to succeed, just keep going. And seventhly, celebrate your successes. Rewarding yourself by celebrating the small wins inspires you to keep going. Just make a decision, write it down, tell someone, break your goal down, plan your first step, keep going, celebrate. And if you do that, who knows, by this time next year, this room could be filled with people who have done stuff that they never imagined was actually possible or they were going to succeed. Amen? God bless you.